It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. Would you like a methodology for creating immense word of mouth for your business? If so, then I believe you're going to love this discussion with Jay Bayer. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. The ultimate way to grow one's business is through word of mouth. We know that, right? But how many of us have a plan for doing so? I mean a proven methodology to tap into, to learn, and to apply. Today's interview is a powerful discussion with Jay Bayer. He co-authored a book titled Talk Triggers, The Complete Guide to Creating Customers with Word of Mouth. It's quickly become one of my favorite business building books of all time. Jay is about as wise a soul as there is on this topic, and your business is going to definitely get a lift from this conversation. No thought of the day, no commercial, just the interview. And it's longer than usual, but you'll want to stay through to the end. Prepare to be triggered in a good way. Jay Bear and Talk Triggers right now. Jay Bear, CPAE, is a seventh generation entrepreneur, author of six books, and founder of five multi million dollar companies. He's president of Convince and Convert, a marketing consultancy that works with iconic brands like, well, the United Nations, Oracle, and Hilton to compel conversations and create customers. He's the co host of the Social Pros podcast, and his new book, co authored with Daniel Lemon, is called Talk Triggers The Complete Guide to Creating Customers with Word of Mouth. I found this book to be absolutely brilliant, totally practical, and astoundingly, as Ted Wright of the iconic marketing firm Fizz would say, talkable and have in fact been telling everyone about it. So obviously their advice works. Jay's website is talktriggers.com where you can learn all about the book. That and all relevant Jay Bear links will be in the show notes. Hi Jay, this book was fantastic. Congratulations to you and Daniel. Thank you so much, Bob. I really appreciate those kind words. It means a lot to me that uh, that you like the little book we put together. <laughs> My pleasure. So let's begin with definitions, as we always like to do. What is a talk trigger and why is it so important? It's important because depending on your business, between 50 and 91% of all of your sales are influenced by word of mouth. So if you just open up your wallet or your purse and spread all the money that you have on your desk right now or your car seat, uh, 50 to 91% of that money is at least in some way tied to word of mouth. So it's pretty darn important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yet word of mouth is the massively important thing in business that nobody actually has a plan for. So a talk trigger is a strategic operational differentiator that compels word of mouth. It's something that you do different in your business or in your life Mm -hmm. that cause conversations to occur. It's not marketing in the classic sense, Bob. It is an operational difference that produces marketing advantages. And the key, something I, I took from this is that, and we're talking whether for a major company or organization or a small business or an independent salesperson, um, is that these talk triggers, uh, they really need to be purposeful, not an accident, because those kinds of accidents typically don't happen. Is that right? 
Well, I mean, you know, there are certainly examples, and we even have some in the book, of companies that sort of stumbled well, into true. a that's differentiator. A good point. Yep. Uh, yep. And, and it just sort of has succeeded for them over time. And, and, and it was like, wow, we kind of made something happen here. Right. That's, that's fantastic. True. Very true. But that doesn't happen very often. And that's the challenge with this whole field of inquiry, right? I mean, nobody listening says that word of mouth isn't important. It, it is important. We know it's too important. But nobody does it on purpose. We all do it on accident. See, the, we make an assumption that competency creates conversation. That if we're just a good business, our customers will will talk about that. But will they? And and what will they say? So we, we just m- treat this whole word of mouth engine very laissez-faire like well sure yeah people talk about us instead of saying well what if we actually had a plan for it and it's so frustrating bob because we have a desk full of strategies you got a marketing strategy you got a sales strategy you got a content marketing strategy digital strategy social media strategy pr strategy hiring and recruiting strategy but nobody has a word of mouth strategy yet word of mouth is more important than all of those Mm -hmm. and that's the part that's really a mystery and why we wrote this book well and if they get the book they will they will learn how to develop theirs it's it's that good um so i want to kind of go back to now what you're saying um, and hit on a, a point you just made. Let, let's take the Cheesecake Factory, one of your earliest sure. examples. Um, Please do. They uh, they have wonderful food, and, and yeah, people discuss that, but that's not its talk trigger. Uh, the Doubletree Hotel Chain, one of my all-time favorites, provides a very friendly, comfortable, clean, service-oriented environment. And yeah, people discuss that, but that's not its talk trigger. The excellent quality of the Cheesecake Factory's food, the quality of the Doubletree... It's not their talk triggers, right? And, and, and why not? Well, as I mentioned, competency doesn't create conversation. We, right. we think it does, but it right, really doesn't. Right, because right. Here, here's, you know, if you're going to talk to somebody about your experience, mm-hmm. it's not a very interesting tale to, to be, hey, you know, that was a double trick. Ah, it was nice. It was clean. It was comfortable. It's like, all right. That's just not a very interesting story. And, and word of mouth marketing and talk triggers is all about giving your customers a consistent story to tell about you. So we are physiologically wired as human beings to discuss things that are different and ignore things that are average. The problem with good food at Cheesecake Factory and clean, comfortable room at Doubletree is that a lot of other people do that. A lot of other restaurants have good food and every other hotel fundamentally has clean, comfortable rooms. So you have to do something that customers don't expect. And that thing that they don't see coming becomes the talk trigger. In the Cheesecake Factory's case is, of course, an enormous menu, uh, a menu that that has 85 different kinds of chicken, uh, which is absurd at every level. I, I got to tell you, I think <laughs> I'm not sure there's a worse job than waiter or waitress at Cheesecake Factory. Because not only do you have to know every ingredient of a 6,000 word menu, but can you imagine you're like, hey, you guys ready to order? No, we are, we are no, definitely yeah, right. not ready to order. We're yet, like on right? page just, one, right? Yeah, you know. It takes forever. It takes a long time to turn a table in that place. And then Doubletree's uh, uh, talk trigger, of course, is the, the warm chocolate uh, chip cookie yes. they give to every guest. And they've been doing it every day, Bob, for 30 years. They give out 75,000 warm chocolate chip cookies every day. Now, we studied this, right? We, we actually did a bunch of proprietary research for this book. 
and found that more than a third of Doubletree's customers and more than a third of um, uh, Cheesecake Factory's customers have mentioned those differentiators to somebody else in, in the previous uh, month or so. So a companion question for everybody out there, when's the last time you saw an ad for Cheesecake Factory or an ad for Doubletree? You haven't seen very many because their talk trigger is the ad. They have successfully turned their customers into volunteer marketers and salespeople. And that's what we're trying to do here. Now, on the other hand, you know who I do see a lot of ads for? Uh, the Olive Garden. Yes. Ooh. A lot of ads for the Olive Garden. And there, you, you kind of went into detail about this. And I thought this mm -hmm. was remarkable. They're part of the Darden restaurant chain, which also owns a number of other brands. Um, what's fascinating about that is the Cheesecake Factory is in the same competitive set as, as most of the Darden restaurants. However, Cheesecake Factory spends approximately $276 million a year less on advertising than does the Darden restaurant chain. Because what is the talk trigger at Olive Garden? Free breadsticks. That's their talk trigger. But the problem is it's not really that amazing. It's right. not really that capable. And now everybody knows what it is. So, so there's no more discovery power there. Um, and, and, and so they, they have to spend money to keep you coming back. Bob, you may have heard, we don't talk about this in the book per se, but I suspect you've heard this saying in the past that advertising is a tax on the unremarkable. Ooh. Ooh. And there's some truth to that. There's some truth to that, which is, uh, I think, it shows up in this book. Okay, I am writing down for a tweet. Advertising is a tax on the unremarkable. Yes. Ooh. All right. <laughs> I did not. I did not invent that. But I did not. I did not invent that. But it is one that uh, uh, that, that definitely uh, rings true uh, in in word of mouth for sure. That is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Uh, hey, let me um, ask you to clarify something that probably sure. is being asked by some people. So the, a talk trigger is is not the same as a USP, a unique selling proposition. What's the, what's the basic difference? The basic difference between a talk trigger and a USP is that a talk trigger is a story and a USP is a bullet point, right? A USP mm. is the kind of thing you say, let's lay all of our competitors and their attributes out on, on a spreadsheet and let's figure out kind of our blue ocean or the one thing that we can do a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Now they're certainly related, but a talk trigger is a story that a customer tells to another customer in a bar. A USP is a bullet point that somebody discusses in a conference room. Ah, okay, got it. So, uh, Oh, you know something in before in one more clarification before we move on because now then we're going to get into the actual um qualities of a of a successful talk trigger and and these were just awesome. Uh, a key point you made, social media in and of itself is not word of mouth, it's simply a component of it, correct? Yeah, and it's interesting because word of mouth as a strategic imperative was more important or more discussed 10 or 12 years ago compared to today. And we believe that's because the rise of social media 
and the increase of businesses and individuals using social media to try and promote themselves um, sort of took the shine off of word of mouth. People said, well, we don't need a word of mouth strategy because that's that's sort of hard. So why don't we just go on Facebook and now we're done? And And so social media as a discipline kind of killed word of mouth as a discipline, but that is actually ridiculous because social media is just online word of mouth. So is Yelp. So is TripAdvisor. So is Angie's list. The data show Bob that about 50% of all word of mouth takes place offline and about 50% of all word of mouth takes place online. However, as you might expect the offline word of mouth is more powerful and more persuasive because you and I having a conversation like this has more persuasive power because we know each other as opposed to me tweeting something and you seeing it. So it's about 50-50 in its volume, but offline is a little stronger because of the sort of interpersonal dynamics inherent in that kind of conversation. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I... <laughs> it's so interesting that you even bring that up because I've been tweeting and posting a lot about your book. Cause again, I'm just in love with this book. I, it just, it's so Thank wonderful you. and in getting good feedback on that. But when I was at, a, at an event recently, because I had a, a, a pre uh, published copy of your book, I held your book up and I read a, a couple passages from it. And afterwards, so many members of the audience came up to me and I'm thinking they're going to say something nice about my talk. They said, no, <laughs> What was the name of that book again? And who were the authors? You know, so yeah, in person, absolutely has a, a just a, a uh, <laughs> so thanks a lot, Jay. Okay. So let's talk about the four basic or the basic qualities of a successful talk trigger. Cause you broke it down yeah. into four requirements. And I'm going to ask first, if you wouldn't mind the 30,000 foot view, if you will, could you provide that quick overview of the four five, of six course. system yeah. for building talk triggers? Then I want to delve deeper into the four part. Yeah, and, and let me let me wind that back just for a second and say this categorically, that there are a number of good word of mouth books out there sure. already. Oh, it's not as if Daniel and I invented the fact that word of mouth is important. Uh, Jonah Berger's book, Contagious, terrific. Mm -hmm. Andy Cernovitz's book, Word of Mouth Marketing, terrific. Yeah. Ted Wright, who wrote Our Forward, his book, Fizz, terrific. Um, Seth Godin, Purple Cow, terrific. Yeah. So there's lots of other people out there who have said word of mouth is important, and we do the same. Uh, however, what we have done that really hasn't been done historically in this category is give all readers a reliable system and framework for how to actually do it. Right. It really is a, a playbook. So it's not just word of mouth is important, you should do something about that. It's word of mouth is important and here's how to do something about that. And we're really proud of that and we think that will be our, our lasting contribution to this field. So to make it easier, the book is uh, organized in a four, five, six system. The four things that must be true for your differentiator to be a talk trigger, the four requirements, the five different types of talk triggers, and then the six-step process that you use to create, implement, test, and measure your own. The four requirements. The four R's. For the yeah, for for R's, and that's also something you do because you phrase you you phrase things and frame things certain ways to make them very memorable. Ah, talk triggers. So first is. Credit to our mutual friend Neen James, who yeah. helped us very much uh, think through mm -hmm. these kind of things more systematically than we would have 
uh, you, you can see this book versus my previous books. This book has more system thinking because she really helped me um, organize uh, our thoughts along those lines, and, and we are richer for it. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, she's our awesome Aussie. Yes. First is must is. be remarkable. Remarkable, which is table stakes, right? I mean, the whole idea here is to get customers talking. And so if it is not worthy of remark, which is the definition of remarkable, then <laughs> none of this matters at all, right? So mm -hmm. uh, if, if it's something that you're customers like, yeah, all right, that's not interesting or different, um, then then you're sort of uh, a boat adrift at sea. So remarkable, it has to be something that your customers don't see coming or don't expect. Umqua Bank does a great job with their regular banking services, as do other banks, but what do they do that's a, a real remarkable uh, yeah, what's interesting about Umqua is this is, as, as many of the stories in the book are, and there's, I think, 29 case studies or something in the book, um, this is one that everybody could steal, but nobody does, right, right, which right. always fascinates me. So the way they work it is is they have uh, hundreds of branches, bank branches. They're based in the Pacific Northwest. And every single bank branch has, somewhere in the branch, a table with like an old-timey silver telephone on it. And then above that phone is a sign uh, that says, talk to us or let's talk. They change the copy. doesn't matter. And then a little list of phone numbers. Well, you can press six and you're connected directly to the bank president. Not the president of the branch, Bob. The president of the entire Umpqua Corporation, which is a multi-billion dollar bank. Mm -hmm. and, and they get calls on occasion, but it's usually people saying, oh, I thought this was fake, right? And then they're, then they're all freaked out because the actual bank president yeah. has answered the line. Like, what do I say uh, to him now that he's... Speaks, yeah. yeah, what do I say now? <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, it, 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 whether or not people actually call is almost immaterial. It's the fact that they're willing to give you that kind of access and nobody does that and it's certainly uh remarkable okay the second r is must be relevant or giving away an ipad is probably not very talkable <laughs> well you know there was a period when the ipad first came out that every business event on the planet every chamber of commerce mixer expo showcase it was give me your business card and we're going to put it in a fishbowl it was it was good times for uh, fishbowl fish manufacturers and the salad days for the fishbowl guys and and then they'd pick out uh, a business card and somebody would win an ipad like that was the only gift ever <laughs> bestowed in every contest <laughs> And, and the whole list of companies, I'm just going to break this down for you right now. The whole list of companies that should give away an iPad is this list. Number one, Apple. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. That's it. Okay, good. Yep. <laughs> that, that's, and that concludes, that concludes, that concludes our, list. our list. Yes. <laughs> so why, Other than that, like, why right. would you, why would you put this kind of time and effort into promoting something that has nothing to do with you? I'll tell you a different example. Okay. So we talked about the, the, the double tree hotel gives you a warm chocolate chip cookie, right? Yep. There's another story in the book uh, of a locksmith. His name is Jay Sofer, and he's in New York City. He's the highest rated locksmith in New York City. He's one of the highest rated businesses in New York City, period, which is mm -hmm. a pretty high bar. Mm -hmm. His talk trigger works like this. He finishes doing whatever he's doing, and then he does a security audit of your entire premise and then oils every single window and door lock mm -hmm. in your premise. Does it all for free. Now, that's a great talk trigger. Now, but imagine if these two things were reversed, okay? Imagine Jay Sofer finishes working on your locks, Bob, and then he says, Bob, hey, would you like a warm chocolate chip cookie? I made <laughs> it in my locks van. Right. right. And you're like, no, I don't want a locksmith <laughs> chocolate chip cookie from your van. That's totally <laughs> 
Or imagine you check into Doubletree and they say, would you like us to do a security audit of your room before you get there? You'd be like, wait, is that, is that required? Is that, should I be fearful of my stay here? Right? Mm-hmm. So the talk trigger has to make sense in the context of who you are and what you stand for. Okay. What a okay. wonderful, wonderful example. Uh, third R must be reasonable or unless you're Oprah, don't give away a car to everyone. She says you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. And Oprah can do that. And the, and, and the complete list of other people who can do that is Noprah. No, nobody else can do that. <laughs> nobody else gets it. Because here's the thing. When you, when you try and, and it's the, the temptation is great right now in business to, to, to make um, something really, really big because that's how you get attention in an era where attention is, is hard right. to come by. Yes. Like, let's just make it, let's, let's, let's shock and awe people. Right. And, 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 you know, I understand that, but when you deliver something that's too grand, it actually creates suspicion, that, not conversation, yes. it, right? Yes. You, you don't want your customers to be like, Hey, what are the terms and conditions of this offer, right? That's right. not the kind of talkability you want. So, I mean, look at this. Doubletree is massively, massively successful with their cookie. Mm-hmm. It's just a cookie, it's though. A cookie, yeah. Like, let's understand. It's it's a chocolate chip cookie. Now, it's a good cookie. And and in terms of, you know, cookies given to me by a hotel, it's very near the top. Oh, I, but absolutely. But it's still just a cookie, <laughs> right? Like, let's, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, believable. you know, the crown jewels. Yeah. It's a cookie, right? So you, it's not about the size of the talk trigger or the value or even the perceived value. It's just about, is it unusual enough that people will talk about it? Well, let's look at a positive example. Graduate hotel. Yeah. Very reasonable. Yeah. There's actually one opening right around my, uh, the corner from my house. They're right. a, a terrific boutique hotel chain. They're only in college towns. So they're in like Athens, Georgia, Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, here in Bloomington, Indiana, Lincoln, Nebraska, Tempe, Arizona. There's 15 or so, 15, 20 open now. Uh, every hotel has the room key, right? Now, Bob and I are old enough to remember when the key was actually made out of metal. That's right. Um, but now uh, they are all sort of the credit card uh, plasticky things. Now you know your 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 ninety nine point nine percent of hotels that key has their logo on it. Or maybe if you're in the loyalty club, they'll give you a special one with like you know honors member or some BS whatever. Graduate, every single hotel room key printed on it is the student ID card of a famous graduate of the university in that town. So the Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, location of graduate hotels. One of the room keys is Gabrielle Union, the actress and wife of uh, of Dwayne Wade. Each hotel has different famous graduates. That's the room key. Now, what's amazing about that is people collect them like baseball cards. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they they keep them and they try and fill out the whole set and they take pictures of them and they put them on Instagram. And and what's staggering to me is that this costs the hotel like half a penny more right, per right, key. Right. It's not like this is some sort of like a massive capital investment that has to happen. Um, you know, it's the same reason, Bob, that I wear crazy suits. If I'm going to wear a suit anyway, I might as well wear a suit you talk about. Mm-hmm. There's no net new cost to that. I get a suit anyway. Yep. Yep. And you do. Uh, fourth one must be repeatable. Uh, now, okay. Now, I love this from a book. Jay, I'm going to ask you to fill in the blank. The problem with surprise and delight is that. It is a surprise. Ah, yes. <laughs> it's, 
you know, and, and, and surprise and delight is a, is a very popular marketing construct today, especially in social media. And it works like this, Bob, you, you take one customer in one circumstance and you treat them manifestly different than everybody else. Hotels, actually, we're talking about hotels. Hotels do this a lot where somebody checks into their room and there's a live panda bear there with a eucalyptus tree. And you're like, what? <laughs> and then the idea is that they'll share it in social media and it's going to go viral and it'll go on Reddit and then NBC will pick it up and it'll be this whole thing. And that might work, mm-hmm. but it also might not. And even if it does, what are you left with a day later? The problem with surprise and delight is twofold. One, it's not a strategy. It is a lottery ticket. Right. Yes. And two, how does that make the rest of the customers feel? Mm-hmm. When I check in and there's no panda bear in my room. Yeah, I never even I'm get like, a hey, man, exactly. what's, where's my bear? Right, and, and, right. and we have fallen into a trap in business lately where we are intentionally creating tiers of customer experiences. We're so desperate to keep the loyalty of that top tier that we're willing to purposefully deliver a lesser experience to every other tier. And personally, I think that's bad business. You see it every day. Every day when we board planes, Bob and I fly constantly. Every every day, you're at the airport. You're in the boarding lounge, right? And the guy gets on the microphone. He's like, uh, yeah, welcome to uh, Delta Flight uh, 5625 from uh, Phoenix to uh, Tampa. Um, we're in a fully fold, fully fold, fold situation today. So let me just say, if you're in boarding group uh, six or higher... <laughs> There is literally no chance your bag is getting on this plane. There's no chance. So why don't you just give me your bag now? I'll give you a very small piece of paper that you'll probably lose, and uh, we'll just cut out the middleman. I mean, this happens every flight, every day. This is their strategy. Like, let's make everybody have a bad experience unless you're in, you know, first or second boarding group. It's crazy. Oh, that is so funny. Uh, you nailed that one. Uh, <laughs> so here's what is repeatable. Uh, and this is a, a very, very big act, and yet anyone can do it. But what does Penn & Teller do that's so special but repeatable? In fact, I mean really repeatable. So great. Penn & Teller, of course, the famous magician duo, they've been doing a live show in Vegas now for about 20 years, but but a live show essentially every night somewhere for 42 years. 42 years. Every single performance afterwards, they go to the lobby and they shake hands and take selfies and have conversations and sign autographs with every single audience member, not with a until nine o'clock when they leave until the last person gets tired and leaves. Mm-hmm. Every single, they've done it every single, they, 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 there's, they had to stop the only time they didn't do it was June 29th of this year, just this summer, uh, when Teller threw his back out during the show and had to go to emergency back surgery. Mm. That's the only time they haven't done it in 42 years. Now, if you go on social media and just search Penn and Teller plus autograph, it's like videos and posts and selfies, and it's insane. It's so much chatter about it, and it's such a stark contrast to most other performers. Uh, for example, David Copperfield, who is debatably a more famous magician, certainly does larger illusions, also has a show in Vegas. David Copperfield also does autograph sessions uh, and, and selfies and meet and greets with his fans if 
you spend an extra $100, and you are allowed to spend no more than 30 seconds with David. Now, which of those experiences are you going to talk about? Right, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I, I love that. I, I think that, well, I can't say it was my favorite because there were so many favorite stories and examples in here, but that was just one that brought me a lot of delight. Uh, I just I've got a new one for you, Bob. That I got a new one that's not in the book, and this is what's so fun about this. Every time I give presentations, people come up to me like, right, oh, "I've got right. one." Yeah. Uh, so I can't wait to do like the second edition of the book. Or Daniel, <laughs> uh, my co-author, and I were thinking about maybe doing a podcast where we just talk about new stories that we've come up with or something would be fun. Um, so I was in Seattle about three weeks ago. A gentleman comes up to me after my talk and says, "Oh, have you heard this one? There's a terrific uh, talk trigger here in Seattle." I'm like, "I don't know. Tell me." He's like, "Well, there's this this guy. He's a vasectomy surgeon. He only does vasectomy procedures, and his name is Doctor Snip." <laughs> and I thought, "Well, that <laughs> okay. That's that's extraordinary." But he said, "Oh, but wait, no, that's not the talk trigger." I'm like, "Oh, there's more. <laughs> Go on." And he said, "On the way out the door, Bob." Every patient gets an engraved <laughs> silver pocket knife that says Dr. Snip vasectomy surgeon on it. So imagine <laughs> we paint the scene for you, right? You're, you're, you're out fishing or you're playing golf or you're you know, watching football and you're opening a beer with this you know, knife and your buddy's like, hey, bro, that's a sweet knife. Where'd you get it? Like, where'd I get it? I got it from Dr. Snip, the vasectomy <laughs> surgeon. Like that is gold, but it's repeatable. It's every customer, right? Every yeah. single person gets a knife, not just you know, on Fridays, not just Medicare patients or whatever. Everybody gets a knife. I love it. Okay. <laughs> gold. I, I, I desperately wish that was in the book. There's like two or three of those that I've come across afterwards, and I'm like, oh no, stop the press, rewrite the book. Okay, so I got Doctor is now one of my all-time faves. It yes. is definitely in the. <laughs> I, I, I got to go to one more. This is in in you know the, again. There's so much more. There's five types of uh, uh, talk triggers and the six way of uh, and, and I'm going to let people read the book for that. Okay, but I've got to right. ask you about one aspect uh, of the five types of talk triggers. One was yeah. talkable empathy, and you had an example. Mm -hmm. To me, a totally, absolutely wonderful example that anyone else could do in practically any field. Uh, yeah. It was Dr. Glenn Gorab. Uh, oh. Usefulness, or excuse me, um, uh, generosity. Yeah. Uh, ex uh, excuse yeah. me, no, it was empathy. Excuse empathy. me, empathy. empathy. Talkable empathy, yeah. I meant. Talkable empathy. Well, and that's, I mean, some of these can be, can can be, be used, multi but that, but that was really but talkable empathy, yeah. Yeah, and you know, what's interesting about talkable empathy, and you're, and you're right, there are five different types of talk triggers. The one you see most often in the wild is talkable generosity. I gave you a pocket knife for free, right? So the one that you see most often is generosity because it's the easiest one to right. think through operationally in a business. But some of the most powerful talk triggers, Bob, are ones that aren't generosity, that are empathy or speed right. or attitude, uh, like the Sip and Dip Lounge in Montana, uh, which was named, it's in Great Falls, Montana, which is out of the way, even by Montana standards, and was named one of the 10 bars in America that you should get on a plane and fly to by GQ magazine. Mm. Their uh, talk trigger is that behind the bar from nine o'clock to midnight every night, they, they, they pull open this giant curtain and the entire width of the establishment is an aquarium. And in that aquarium are live human mermaids. That is something that you would talk about if you experienced live human mermaids at a bar in Montana. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of different ways to, to do this, but talkable empathy is perhaps my favorite. And for this reason, it is the only one of these talk trigger ideas that would not have been in the book three years ago. 
Oh. Wouldn't have made the book. Because this used to be the default scenario. And nowhere is that more true than here uh, talking to the go-giver. Like this idea of treating your customers with kindness, compassion, warmth, humanity, that was how we always did it. And now we don't. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's safe to say that we are living now in an era of empathy deficit. That in business and in life, certainly in politics, mm -hmm. empathy is no longer the default. So when you, as a salesperson, as a business person, as a human being on this planet, treat people with disproportionate empathy, kindness, humanity, warmth, it now stands out in ways that it never used to, which creates a massive opportunity for us all to just be a little nicer. And it will actually produce business outcomes that it didn't used to produce. And this doesn't have to be hard. In fact, I would argue that empathy is the easiest of the talk triggers to implement, as we'll, as we'll see here from my friend Glenn Gorab, who is an oral surgeon in Clifton, New Jersey. He's, he operates in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state area. There are quite literally hundreds of oral surgeons in that region. He is the highest rated and is the only oral surgeon in that entire region of the country who has never been sued. Now, Glenn says, told me personally, he's not the best surgeon. He's like, Jay, I'm a good surgeon, really good, but I'm not the best. Mm -hmm. But I think I have the best relationships with my patients. And that's because of my talk trigger. The way it works, Bob, is that every Friday, his office staff gives him a list of names and phone numbers. On Saturday, he calls each of those people. He says, quite simply, hi, this is Glenn. I'm your oral surgeon. I understand that you're coming into the office for the first time next week. Before you get here, do you have any questions? And people simply cannot believe it because I'm sure right. most listeners are old enough to have had some kind of oral surgery procedure. You've had uh, your wisdom teeth extracted or a root canal or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you may have had your surgeon call you mm -hmm. that night afterwards. And they say, Bob, how are you doing? Uh, how's the pain? Are you bleeding to death? And those even, are the questions right. they ask. And that's, right. that's, the, that's the sequence of questions that they ask. That is the, that is the script. And yeah. so that's nice to get that phone call, but it's not talkable because you kind of expect it. And you're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But you have never, ever, 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 ever been called by a physician or an attorney or a real estate agent or an accountant or anybody else before you ever cross the threshold of their office. Right. And it has such a huge impact. So Glenn says that every day, every single day, somebody calls to make an appointment and says, I have to drive 12 miles out of my way. I have to pass 11 other oral surgeons, but I want to come to you because you're the doctor who called my friend Shirley before she ever came to the office. Mm, 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 mm. This, uh, you know, I mean, what, what can you even say about this other than why does not every single other person do this? It's insane, isn't it? Uh, You're absolutely. like, okay, this, this, what does this require? This requires like 15 minutes every Saturday and it transforms your entire business. Right. Right. And yet so few, few people will, uh, We'll, we'll ever do that in his field. Or like you said, it, it goes to pra practically any field where there's a need for empathy, which these days is practically any field. Uh, you can find a way to do this. Uh, that is a talk trigger and look at the success 
that he has had and how many people, and you talk about this in the book, how many people he has suggested doing this oh, and they just he's, don't. He's very prominent. Yeah, he's prominent in the field. And I've, and I've done some speaking in that industry, sort of the oral surgeon, um, you know, conferences and things like that. And, uh, and, and, and he is always talking to his buddies about it. And one guy has tried it ever. Uh, everybody else is like, yeah, great idea, Glenn. And they don't do it because, you know, look, they're, you know, part of the problem is, Bob, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, a lot of these guys run successful businesses. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're doing fine. Like, why should we, you know, why should we mess with it? Well, I know you're doing fine, but the idea of talk triggers and the idea of a word of mouth strategy, it allows you to do just as well or better, but easier. Like, wouldn't it be great if your customers recruited your next generation of customers for you, that you didn't have to work as hard, that you had more leads, that you had more sales, that you didn't have to advertise? Doesn't that sound like a good idea? <laughs> but yet, a lot of people are like, hey, you know what? We're doing fine. Why should we upset the apple cart? And then a lot of people also like to play follow the leader. It's the great curse of business, right? It's like, let's find who's doing well in our uh, vertical and copy what they do and and that way we have no risk but here's the problem with that approach if you're playing follow the leader you will never ever ever be anything other than second best mm -hmm. and if all you care about is averages you will never be anything other than an average business person tell us uh about the resource that you and uh daniel have put together on your site people can actually go there uh, and they can download this, they can go through it, yeah. they can use it for their business and for their team. This, this has got to be the talk trigger for your book. I'd imagine. <laughs> well, we, we have, Tell we have us a couple, that. we have yeah. a couple, I will say, I will say two things. One, I hope you buy the book, but even if you don't, what we want you to do is put this into practice. I would rather have your story that you tell me once you do your talk trigger and, and listeners, I'm real serious about that. If you take these ideas and put them into practice, I want you to be the new Dr. Snip, right? The, the new idea that we talk about on stage all over the world. So when you do this, please let me know or let Bob know and he'll let me know. But Bob's exactly right. If you go to talktriggers.com, talktriggers.com, there's tons and tons and tons of free resources there. There's an excerpt of the six-step process. There's infographics. There's videos. There's a discussion guide. There's a PowerPoint presentation to talk about this inside your organization. There's all kinds of free stuff. Uh, would prefer that you read the book, but you probably don't have to. Just go to talktriggers.com, get this stuff. However, Bob, and I don't think you know this story because you have the pre-release copy. There is an actual talk trigger for the book Talk Triggers. Oh, okay. Which stands to reason. Uh-huh. Actually, there's two. One, the book itself has alpacas on the cover. So if you are in an airport or a bookstore and you see a, 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 a business book with alpacas, mm -hmm. it's probably that one. But the real Talk Trigger is this. On the back of the book, it says these things. Satisfaction guaranteed. If you bought this book and didn't like it, go to TalkTriggers.com and send the authors a note. They will buy you any other book Ooh. of your liking. Ooh. And we will. If you buy this book, you don't like it, you want a first edition Bible, we'll make it happen. Uh -huh. We don't care. You have literally no reason to not buy this book because you have quite literally no risk. We will not only refund your money, we'll buy you any book you want, period. Mm. Jay Bear is president of Convince and Convert, a marketing consultancy firm and author of a number of iconic books. His newest book being Talk Triggers, The Complete Guide to Creating Customers with, with Word of Mouth. Uh, unlike Jay's gracious uh, offer to not have to buy the book, 
buy this book. I mean, absolutely buy <laughs> this Bob. book. It is amazing. I predict it goes absolutely stratospheric. It's that good. And be sure and visit talktriggers.com. Pick up your copy. Uh, go to amazon.com. Also, take advantage of that wonderful resource that Jay and Daniel put together for you. Uh, also about Jay, recently inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame and the word of mouth uh, Hall of Fame. If your company or organization is holding a big conference or convention, be sure and bring Jay in. You'll be glad you did. All of Jay's info is in the show notes. Hey, many thanks to, to you, Jay, to Dr. Snip, uh, and to the entire <laughs> yeah. game. Next week on the show, <laughs> Dr. Snip. <laughs> and uh, my, my regards to Daniel as well. You guys just did a, a fantastic job. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Main takeaway I received from Jay is that while an immensely effective talk trigger can just happen on its own, it probably won't, and there's no need to depend on that. As you could probably tell, I just found his book to be exceptional, and I hope you do as well. What advice from Jay during our chat especially struck you with a light bulb moment? Please feel free to write to me at bobatberg.com and let me know. John David Manson, my newest book, The Go-Giver Influencer, is on sale at bookstores nationwide, both online and traditional. Visit thegogiver.com and download chapters one and two, or just click on the link in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review, and your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.